Jesus still Lord? Amen. Jesus is still Lord. Amen. Uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're trying to, um, you know, by nature, uh, I'm an introvert, right? So um, when I come up here, it, 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 it kind of drains me afterwards, right? And all these different meetings that I go to, it's actually draining. And uh, one of the things I asked Larry, which I really appreciate him, I said, um, Larry, can we have other people do some announcements? Because it drains me. You know, and so we're going to be trying something uh, different today. So I'm going to be doing the sermon, and then we're going to have other people doing the announcements. You know, uh, so you'll see their zeal and their excitement. Okay, um, but before that, well, I want to—I um, have an announcement. Uh, but uh, Amir, if you can get that video ready, the one about um, um, grief recovery. Um, the Webers were going to be here with us this morning, but they had to go, um, they, 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 they needed to go over to the Faith Point Ministry this morning to be there. Um, so they're not going to be able to join us, but Doug's going to try to make it to our meeting, leaders meeting afterwards, okay? Um, but one of the things that, um, that uh, we're doing right now is, uh, that Doug's been working on is, um, is, is that, you know, we, we've gone through a lot of challenges. And um, I, I think about uh, in particular, one meeting where one of the sisters was crying, and she was just feeling the hurt. Uh, and she was, and, and her words were, uh, "I don't feel like someone's who's protecting us. It's just that loss of security." And uh, you know, when you talk about loss, you, you know, we normally think about a loss in terms of an individual, but there, there's a lot of different losses we could experience, right? You know, um, loss of a certain expectation or certain plans. Um, I know uh, we had to do some um, some processing when when we weren't going to be able to adopt our, our, our two foster kids. We you know we had to process that loss because those were broken dreams. And so um, Doug Weber's uh, um, and, and the leadership they're, they want they're bringing in a counselor. Um, it, it's under the grief recovery uh, program, and I want to re read a letter because they're encouraging us to go. And to, and to listen to this seminar, and then if you want to get more input, more be a part of the program, you're going to be able to, okay? So I'm going to read you this memo, and then we're going to watch a minute and a half video that um, is kind of like a testimonial from, uh, um, from one of our ministers, and then, um, and then that, that's going to tie us in with where we're going to talk about today, okay? All right, it says, brothers and sisters, we recognize that many of us have experienced losses of significant relationships in our lives and that for many, now is a time for personal adjustment and transition as a ministry. Our region will be offering a free uh, Greece Recovery Seminar next Sunday, February the 17th. 
This will be made available to any of our members who would like to find out more about how to deal with loss and obtain support. This program will help those who attend um, will help those who attend understand what they may be going through and find healthy ways on how to handle the process of grieving. Sandy Atmore from the Turning Point Ministry is a certified grief recovery specialist and she will be the keynote speaker next Sunday at 1 p.m. at the Gardena uh, Church Building to discuss this very important topic. She will also provide information for how those who are interested can access additional assistance including registration for follow-up group sessions. We will now show a clip from Kevin Holland, a minister from The Turning Point, speaking to the value of going through the uh, grief recovery process, okay? And I'll have this memo available in the back. So Amir, can you play the video? All right, so that's uh, next Sunday at uh, 1 p.m. at the Gardena building, all right? Uh, that ties into what I wanna talk to you guys about today. Last week, we talked about moving forward uh, together, right? And, um, you know, today I want to talk about uh, moving forward personally. Um, and, and, and I think we're going to be able to have a, a look at, uh, in the book of Exodus, I do see the Spirit working already, because I'm like thinking, hey, that's part of my sermon that, that Lexus is talking about. Yeah, it's about Moses in the water. That's exactly it. You know, and, and so I really want you, because I think God's trying to communicate certain encouragement to us that I really want you to pay attention to, uh, not to me, to, to the Holy Spirit and what's happening inside of you, okay? Because I think there's some next steps that, that, um, that God may, is saying for you to focus on, okay? And so as, as I talk about moving forward personally, it made me realize what something that Dawn says. She said, you know what? Actually, you know, God is always moving forward. Is that true? That God, no matter what we're going through, no matter how backwards sometimes things look like, he's all, he is always moving forward. You know, and, and for us, it's, it's, it's about keeping in step. The New Testament talks about that, right? Keep in step with the Holy Spirit, you know, because it'll keep on walking. It'll keep on moving forward if we don't keep in step with it, right? Um, but, uh, you know, this topic is really important to me and um, because, you know, um, I've, done, I've had to do a lot of uh, internal work over the last five, six years. You guys know what that means? A lot of internal work. Uh, you know, one of the things that, um, that I've had to do was, um, um, I'm thinking, oh, wow, did I bring the wrong notes? <laughs> I printed the wrong No, I think I got it. I'm like, wait, that looks like last week's message. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I had to do, let me give you some examples of needing to do some, uh, some processing within. And this is called different ways that you could do this. The way that I've learned it was something called as something as gestalt therapy, which basically means uh, finishing up the unfinished business of the past. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, let me give you two examples because this is the type of internal work. Um, I used to put myself down a lot you know, for, my, for, for being overweight. So there's a lot of just shaming, right? And in one of these sessions that I did was just like we, we, we it kind of went back to, you know when that started was in junior high school when my best friends, when I had gained so much weight over that summer, they started making fun of me. And it really hurt because it was my best friends. And that was my safe place. And so I, you know, I had to process that, you know, that Edgar, what would you tell them going back 
what would you say to them? You know, and I processed that. It's like, well, this is what I would say. You know, and I found myself that as I processed that, I found now it's like, you know what? Yes, I still need to lose weight, but I'm not beating myself up over it. You know, I'm not shaming myself over it. You know, and sometimes I think I look pretty good. You know, I just, uh, you know, but you know what I mean? It's that processing. You know, when Matthew turned 16 years old, I kept on crying. You know, I was finding myself in the middle of the night just crying. I'm thinking, why am I crying so much? You know, and, and something got triggered, right? And so then, you know, I had this one session as to doing some internal work to find out why I was crying. And the guy says, he goes, says, oh, wow, well, that's interesting. You know, when normally when somebody turns 16, their parent is really excited for their child. But you're crying. You know, and, and I remember he, he asked me, like, you know, it's like, what happened to you when you were 16? And I thought, oh, no, this sounds very psychotherapeutic thing. I'm going to be laying on the couch. And, but it was in my home and stuff. But, but it's such a, I'm like, that's so sick. But you know what? When stuff wants to come out, it wants to come out. It's ready to come out. That's why God allows it to come up. Okay, and so what happened was right away it came up to my mind, when I was 16, my brother left the house because he's 18, and we used to do everything together. But as a 16-year-old, do you say, I'm really going to miss you. I love you so much. My life's not going to be. You don't even know what to say, right? So what do you do? You just, neglect, you just stuff it. You don't process it, you know. And so 30 years later, my son turns 16, and I'm feeling all that that loss, all that crying, and it gave me perspective of it, you know, because my life wasn't the same. I just, I cried the tears that I didn't cry from way back in the day, okay, and, and so what's happened to me, and I don't know how to explain it spiritually, but I'm, I'm bringing a man for you guys that I'm, 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 I'm about to sign the deal. We'll talk about it, you know, at our leaders meeting that, that could probably help it because I found so much spiritual growth in dealing with my past, you know, and it's actually, now that I think about it, it's more about it. It's like, you know what? That's the thing that I've been stuck with. That's, you know what I mean? You get, you get stuck. Anybody ever feel emotionally stuck or just you're not making pro? You know, you're not like you used to be. And yet, how is it that the Bible talks about growing? You know, and, and your life doesn't match what the Bible is saying. You know, and, and you know, there's a lot of internal work that we got to do. Like that. And so, you know, we got to be able to make some decisions to move forward personally. We gotta, we're going to move forward together because this is no way going to work with, if it's not together. This is not gonna, we're not going to see uh, God's growth that glorifies him if we don't do this together. I have a very deep conviction about that. I have a very deep conviction as well that, you know what, this needs to be an emotionally healthy and spiritually church. I have a very deep conviction about that, you know. And so for me, it's like you know, this, this topic is really important to me. That, that, and you think about kind of stuff with Lex. I didn't talk to Lexus, but the Spirit talked to Lexus, and the Spirit talked to me. And so maybe the Spirit wants to now talk to you, you know. And so now you got to be able to really pay attention to this, you know, um, one of the things that, that I'm finding in our, not just in counseling time, but in, as I'm, 
I'm in the middle of just, you know, two sides, usually one, one view, another viewpoint. And that could be in marriages, or that, I'm seeing that. That could even be like in just, you don't even have to, in groups working together. I'm seeing the same thing. And the same thing that I'm seeing is this. It's like, you know, somebody expresses themselves, and, and they're saying, I want you to see me. You guys got it? I want you to see me. But the other, the other side says, no, see me. Right? And then the other says, no, see me. And we get back and this, no, see me, see me. You know what I mean? And nobody's, it, not, you know, and we're not healthy enough. One, to be, uh, be self-aware of where we're at. And then to be able to communicate in a manner so that they can see us. And are we healthy enough then to be able to see the other person? Because that's what the solution is in, right? Which is what I love of what we did in our singles ministry two weeks ago. You know, and, uh, and, and basically it was, hey guys, let me give you guys some context about where Don and I are at and what we're trying to do. And then I want to see you guys. And I saw the singles ministry very different now. I saw how amazing, I mean, they've sacrificed so much for us, for this ministry. They said, okay, we'll go ahead. You, you focus on the kids, focus on the family. They've been waiting for certain things to happen. I'm thinking, wow, I'm seeing the hurt. I'm seeing, like, the troopers that they've been, you know. But I'm seeing, too, it's like, wow, they, they, they feel neglected. They feel like we haven't invested in them. You know, and so now I'm seeing them differently. And then they're seeing Don and I differently. And so now I sense just so much more support because the solution is it is in seeing that, you know, and that's why we're trying to make some progress in, in, in you know, and in, in trying what investments can we make in the singles ministry, right? But it's in a matter of seeing. But what happens when you can't see the other person? Because that's emotional healthiness. Right, Because if you don't see the other person, if you don't see the other side, is anything going to change? It's probably going to end up in like, then forget it. I'm out. Or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about? So this, so this, so this thing is really important. Okay, so let's look on over to Exodus chapter 17. And, um, you know, there's some, um, our Spanish ministry is going through a transition time right now. They have some new leaders. Uh, Barbosos and Rojas are going to be temporarily uh, leading their Spanish ministry, and um, so I had to go do that announcement, but I went to midweek, and I had to kind of put this into practice uh, midweek before them. I went to their midweek. I went to our midweek on Wednesday night, and that was awesome, okay? That was really spiritual. That got so much accomplished, and I didn't even preach a word. We let the word do its work, and I was blown away. Okay, Thursday, I go to the Spanish ministry to be with, our, be with them, and I'm hearing things like, Edgar, we feel abandoned by you. Ouch. That hurt. No one brother said that, you know. The other one was like, yeah, we didn't even get the dust from you. I'm like, ooh, man. Okay, the first point, if you got something to say, can we say it personally? You pull me to this. If you really love me that much, why couldn't you, like... Wait, you know, but, you know, it made me think, they don't know all the things that I've done in the background. They don't, you know, the leaders' meetings I've been, you know, I decide, you know, there, there's been a lot of stuff. I've been at their events where they've not been at, you know, things like that, okay? Now, in my nature, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, all those things, right? I'm just like this in front of everybody. But I said, you know what? What they're saying is, they just feel abandoned. They love me. They want to see me. We don't feel your presence. And so I was able to just say, you know, I saw that. So they would say, you know what? I'm sorry that I've made you feel that way. 
you know, and that's what happens when you see, you see what the other, you know, you, you really seem like that, okay? And so when we look at Exodus chapter 17, um, you know, it's an amazing passage, right, uh, on this about water from the rock. And uh, so let, let's go ahead and read it in the first one through seven, and then uh, we'll get to it. Okay, it says, uh, verse seven, uh, Exodus chapter 17, verse one through seven. It says, uh, the whole Israelite community uh, set out from the desert of sin. So you know that you're going through Vegas. <laughs> right? They're going through Vegas right there. It's the desert of sin. Okay, and you got to, okay, and then we got, and, you know, they're traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded them. Can you picture that? Picture, picture Egypt, picture they've gone through the desert, you know, the waters parted, right? The, pre the previous verse, they were hungry. They're like, here, I'm going to give you some pan dulce, some manna, and, and some pollo loco, a little bit of quail, you know, and right? He fed them some food. They didn't have light. He gave them this cloud, you know, this fire right in it. I'm thinking, wow, that's cool. A little heat, right, too. Some light following clouds. You think about everything these guys have been doing, you know, and they've been following these clouds, you know, as the Lord commanded them. And then it comes and they, they, they camped at Rephidim, it says, right? But there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses they said why do you bring us up out of Egypt to make us to make us and our children and livestock die of desert or thirst I'm sorry die of, of not desert of thirst sorry to die of thirst maybe I'm hungry okay anyways then Moses cried out to the Lord what am I to do with these people they uh, they are almost ready to stone me the Lord answered Moses, walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some, some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with you, the, yeah, the, the, the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the, uh, for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? That's where I want to end up at. Okay. But, you know, is it, is it, a, is it a fair complaint about some water? That's totally, they were like, you know, let's complain, we need some water. You know, so what is wrong, right? The, the problem is that who do they quarrel with? It was Moses. They started quarreling with him. Like they weren't in this together. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, they were, they were you know, the proper thing was like, hey, we need some water. Why don't we go to the Lord together? Right? And so that, it, was, it wasn't the complaint. It was the quarreling of the, of the going back and forth, right? And he says, you know, why do you put the Lord to the test? Another way of saying that is, you know, why are you challenging the Lord in that way? You know, because what is it that they forgot? They had forgotten all the miracles of what had happened, right? And, um, 
And they got even to the point where they had forgotten. And now, what is it? What happened to them? They were even afraid. What were they afraid of now? They were afraid of dying. Like God isn't there. Like God hadn't brought them over there. You know, and they were afraid of dying. You know, and to the point where like Moses like, man, these people are about to kill me, Jesus. Or Lord. They're going to stone me. You know, and, and he says, you know, walk on ahead. That's what leaders do. They walk on ahead, right? But before we get to that, you know, we think about what is it that's going to kill ministry? It's, it's when, we, when we are afraid. When we are making decisions by, by fear and not faith. You know, when, when, when we start saying stuff like, you know what, I'm not going to share the gospel because I'm afraid that people are going to get hurt. I don't want to bring people to God's kingdom because I'm afraid that they're, they're going to see the mess that we're in. Has anybody ever said that? I've said that. And now we're start making, and we don't process these things, and we need to. And I'm not saying there are legitimate complaints, because this was a legitimate complaint. Okay, but are we processing that stuff? You know, are we really working with that stuff? You know, I, I mean, there, there, there's some leaders even, you know, that, that I've been talking to. It's like, I understand how you feel. Would you like to talk to somebody that's been in those meetings? Because you're just hearing one side of the story. Don't you want to hear the other side of the story? Did they take my offer? No. Because there's certain things they don't really want to see. You know, and so, and, and so we can get caught up with all this fear. You know, when God is saying, you know, be a man and woman of faith. And what is it that Satan wants to do in us? He wants to destroy our faith. You know, he would not just kill Jesus. We want to kill the message of Jesus. And we can get so caught up with in the desert. We can get so caught up with, Lord, are you even with us? You've forgotten the miracles that God has done in your life? Can we not get like that? You know, I've been so encouraged that we had an amazing uh, time. To me, it was amazing with, with uh, Pablo and Edna last week. We had dinner with them at the Glenn's house. And, and you know, and, and you guys know them? They've been coming for, you know, they're so awesome. You know, they're so encouraging. I mean, they came to Whitney. We weren't here. They found out that we were at the Glenn's clubhouse. They went there. And then we got booted out of there because there was a conflict thing. We ended up to the park. And here they are going, boink, 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 you know, right along with us. We have dinner, and their kids love the church. And, and I'm hearing from them, we just want to have what you have. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, we want to have what you have. And inside of us, we're like, man, these are tough times. I'm like, that is, it reminds me of this other brother in the Spanish. His name is Frank. And you know, you guys know how devoted I am. 
And we're studying, I'm studying with him and another brother, another brother, his name is Gabriel. He's even more devoted than I am. This brother gets, I mean, he's got an hour and a half drive every day. And, and does so much for the, the, the ministry, right? So we're studying the Bible with this guy. We're counting the cost. I want to make sure that people understand what they're getting themselves into, right? Does Jesus want us to count the cost? You know, he doesn't want you to start something if you're not going to finish it, okay? Uh, you know, you just don't make an emotional decision. Yes, you do with all your heart, but you need to do it with all your mind as well. Love God with all your heart and mind and soul, okay? That's why sometimes I sometimes have a little, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's life and doctrine, right? And it's got to both match, and we both got to... Um, um, it's got to be done with all your heart and with all your mind in it. Okay, but so I'm just, I'm just talking to him, and, I, and I'm just like, you know, there's this. I'm telling him, you know, this, this is what it means to be devoted to Christ, to, to be devoted to the church. And he says, I just want to be just like you guys. I'm like, wow, that's so encouraging. You know, that, that there are people out there that, that they don't want fluff. They want the real thing. They've been out in the desert thirsty. They're looking for that water of the kingdom of God, the water that Jesus wants to provide. And we're like, is the Lord even with us? Forgetting everything like we just threw away. And so Moses says, are you going to challenge the Lord like that? Are you going to test him like that? Is this making sense? Is it, can you find some, maybe some personal application in your life, in it? You know, it takes doing some internal work in it, right? Um, and so, um, you know, but I, but I think about just how verse 5, it says, you know, he, he tells Moses to, to um, he says, walk on ahead of the people. It's not, it's not, isn't that what leaders do? You know, I love what my wife told me one time. She said, we were talking about what does it mean to lead in your marriage? What does it mean to lead? And she, she was talking about, you know what, um, for you, like me leading her, it's about me being more involved than her. Me caring more about what she cares about. She loves this ministry. I'm going to love it even more. As a leader. You guys get it? Okay, isn't that what our women want to see? Isn't that the frustration of our women? When are the men going to do this? You know, right? There's this disconnect. Maybe not in that such low voice, right? But it's a little bit like, amen. Amen, uh, Victor? Amen. I mean, all right, you know, but we hear, but that's what they want. They want, they want, can you as a husband, can you as a man be more involved than us? Can you as a man care and love for this more than we do? Man, women will follow that. You know, and that's leadership. That's why I love him. He says, he said, go on ahead, Moses, of the people. Let them see you. Let you know how much you care. Let them see you. And, you know, why don't you take some elders there with you, too? One, for support. But I think God wanted them to see the miracle as well. You know, like that. But you know what? It's like to me as a man, as a man of God who, 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 who follows Jesus Christ, are, are, are the men not supposed to be the first ones to take responsibility? And, 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 and if we want to be like Jesus, are then we not the first ones to give credit and the glory to somebody else 
starting with the man of stayed with God. You know, and so and so I look at this stuff, and it's like, why aren't the men like that? Right? And I could, no, I'm not going to read you out, relax. But I'm just asking, why, why don't we see enough men more like Not that we don't have men like that in this ministry. Okay? But I really, you know, it takes a lot. you got to do some internal work to get you there. That's the, you know, the growth to be able to, you know, for you to be an empowered man. We have a lot of empowered women. I'm grateful for empowered women. I tell Don, Don, you're the leader of the empowered women's ministry. Because, you know, actually Don's really empowered. You know, she's like really empowered. You know, she's an awesome woman, you know, but and we have awesome women, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like, man, as men, we need to be empowered men, you know, and, and, and to be able to help us get there. I want you to think about what's the internal work you got to work on. What's the personal growth that you have to go through? Amen. I like that. OK, now I hope you're not going to want to stone me after that. No, right. Amen. We're in it together. I'm happy to pass along with what we learned, and I don't mean to lift up myself in any way. I'm still having to do a lot of internal work continuously. Okay, um, he goes on, and, and look at verse 6. It says, I will stand there before you. The Lord will stand there before you. Do you think he wasn't there? He's always there. That's what the people didn't see, right? They didn't see their celebration. Like, we can't even see them anymore. We're not even seeing, we're not even talking about faith. We're talking about fear. And so it just looks like you're just stuck in the situation without fear, with, with, without faith, right? And he goes on, he says, right, he, he, he makes a place and to, uh, he called the place, right, just quarreling and testing. Nessa and Meraba, right? But I really want you to think about, is the Lord amongst us or not? You know, and you really think about and reflect on in your life, like what, where, 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 you know, what, where am I at in my faith? Where am I at in looking forward? You know, is this the attitude that 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 I see? You know, in in, in me. You know, when you look at uh, Psalm seventy-eight, look at Psalm seventy-eight, verse fifteen through sixteen. At the time. Um, in, different, in the book of Numbers, it talks about that the Israelites at that time had 605,000 men who can fight. Okay, so I want you to get a picture. Uh, Amir, we're going to read Psalm 78, verse 15 through 16. Um, so I want you to, can you guys picture that huge army? 605,000 men who could fight? You guys got it? Okay, that didn't include the Levites, because they weren't allowed to fight. That didn't include the women. That didn't include children. And those men, they had to be between a certain age group, right? So it's estimated that there were 2 million people in the desert. Uh, can you picture that? Is that a lot? You know? And so we read in Psalm 78 in verse 15 through 16. All right, you guys there? You guys be me? Okay. It says there, he split the rocks in the desert. And gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought, he brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. Is that amazing? Can you picture that? That's what God does. You know, those are the miracles, how he can take something that's a little bit dry 
and make it as abundant as the seas. You know, and, and there's rivers, and you can just imagine, it's like, you know, there's all these rivers now, there's so much water. That's what he can do. You know, and so I think about our ministry, and I think about, is God going to take some of this little dry spot we're in, this little desert place we're in, and is he going to bring about abundant water for us? You know, or are we going to say, is the Lord even amongst us? You know, and and I'm here to say, God's going to do some miracles. God is going to lead us. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of vision for this ministry. My personal vision for this ministry is to have I want to call it the unity building, but it's a unity ministry. And I call it a unity building or ministry because what I want it to do is I want our ministry to unify all the ministries that meet along the 605 freeway because there's three. And I want it to be able to unify all the ministries that are between, between here and the 105 freeway. And so we're right smack in the middle. And so it's like, wait, why can't we have our Whittier campus students work with our Downey campus student, a.k.a. Matthew and Trey and our few, work with our Long Beach ministry? You know, and so I say to Steve, can I talk to you? Can I meet with your campus minister as well? I want to see you guys, and I want you to see us as well. I'm not here to take. I want to know how I can give as well. But at least we, we're going to work together. Okay, and so when I think about that, you know, I think about our men's ministry. It's like, you know, it's like to be able to have empowered men in this ministry. But we're going to need to dig down deeper. We're going to have to do that personal growth, that personal internal work, you know. And I'm going to bring, I've already been talking about bringing some people in to be able to do some teaching for us. I think about, you know, our parenting and our family ministry. You know, I met with the Webers. It's like, with words, look, whatever we do, we're going to do, it has to be focused. We have to have a great family ministry and a great singles ministry. Okay, so if we're going to invest some things, it's got to meet those needs. It's, it's got to actually meet those three needs. The men's ministry, the family, the parenting ministry, our singles ministry. But in talking to some as well, they said, Edgar, don't, you might... The women's ministry needs some encouragement. The women's ministry needs some encouragement. You know, I appreciate Dawn. She does a lot, but she she works. You know, she's got. You know, she works way more than I do. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that. You know, but but this is just like you know what? We I have faith. Amen. Do you guys have faith? Yeah. Amen. We're gonna do this together. Yeah. Amen. Let's guys. Let's move forward together, and then let's move forward personally, because God is always moving forward. Amen. Amen, guys. With that, guys, let's, uh, we got some announcements. Thank you for listening. I'm with you, with you guys. Amen. Thank you.